Welcome to the Marketeers Podcast, your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and innovative strategies in the world of marketing. Join us as we delve into the latest trends and strategies through in-depth interviews with top professionals. Whether you're a marketer, entrepreneur, or simply interested in learning more about the industry, our show has something for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. Hey folks, welcome to the Three Marketeers. Today, along with me, I have Kushal Punnappa, who is the CEO of Kurgal Corporation, and also Manoj Raj, who is an expert in end-to-end customer portfolio building and also an expert in data analysis. Along with them, there's someone who's joining all the way from US to do this podcast. She is Mary Claire Bloodworth. She's been working in Ground Truth as Managing Director and also she has experience over 10 years in the marketing automation industry. Today, along the conversation, we're going to learn about marketing automation and location-based marketing and also how a business can leverage marketing automation for their benefits. I'm not doing brain surgery. I'm just selling media. Not learn something like this in three years, <laughs> what I've learned in just like 30 minutes right now. Will you be interested in joining? Think about big, big brands, right? Like Nike. So uh, answering... Did I answer it? Did I answer the question? <laughs> you have a question to me. That's for you, Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> you have the right answer. That's a very good question. <laughs> Mary, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Having you on the show today and thank you for doing this. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. I have uh, gone through your profile, you know, uh, a lot of times and Mary, uh, starting from an insurance assistant uh, today to a managing director, you know, how was the journey from there to here? Can you, you know, uh, share some insights and is there something that you've learned along the journey? Yes, I would say, I think a good work ethic was instilled by my parents um, from an early age uh, that in order to, you know, get anywhere or um, be what you want to be, then you need to put in a hard day's work. You need to go and, um, you know, it's, it's about showing up. It's about um, being respectful and networking. Like I think every job that I ever have had along the way has been about networking. Who do you know? So yes, there's a lot about, um, what you know and what you can bring to the table and how you present yourself. But more than anything, it's making sure that you're making uh, solid friendships and relationships within any business line that you want to be in. Um, and that honestly has been what's allowed me to... In a way, the consistency is also the key if I'm uh, getting it right. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Consistency. <clears throat> but definitely, who you know, and, um, you know, putting your, putting your head down and working hard. Um, so I'd say those were, that's pretty much what's gotten me to be, um, from where I was to where I am now. Yes. That's actually good. So along the journey, you know, like what made you choose that? Okay. This is the industry that I'm going to go ahead, you know, put my life and you have put a lot of years in, you know, marketing industry and understanding the marketing automation and everything. So what was, where did the decision come from? So honestly, I, was, I went to school to do PR, uh, public relations, um, but I ended up switching and doing media. It just fascinated me. Advertising has always fascinated me how um, <clears throat> brands and companies would, how they basically marketed to people and the right audience and like the way they did that. So I was very interested in um I, when I was at Kara, which was the, um, which is a, you know, advertising, huge advertising, um, 
company under Dentsu, the umbrella of Dentsu. Um, that was media buying. So I did media buying and planning, but I was really more interested in some of the uh, partners that we worked with, which were like um, digital partners um, and Exad, Ground Truth was Exad at the time, was mobile. And that <clears throat> I knew that was the future. So really it was just being, um, you know, knowing my rep and having a good relationship with my rep at the time and realizing that there was opportunity for growth in that industry versus, for example, TV or linear TV, which we knew wasn't going anywhere, was kind of um, not dying necessarily, but stagnant. So I just wanted to be involved with an innovative um, channel. And that's ultimately how I ended up choosing and being chosen to work at Ground Truth. Uh, I really want to give our audience, you know, a good idea about, you know, the business that you're in or the industry, you know, specifically. And if I really want to tell them how this marketing industry works, you know, you are the managing director of one such, you know, big ad tech company. Can you educate our audience on a very basic level or even uh, can you give us, you know, how the entire system works? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's very, the, the easiest way to explain location-based marketing. So um, a lot of times you'll hear it, uh, the terminology being proximity marketing or geofencing, uh, but really it's all under the umbrella of location-based marketing. And in essence, what that means is we want to reach people based on where they're physically located in the world, right? Versus what they search for online or what they're search or what they're um, following on social media or liking on social media, uh, because that's very um, uh, aspirational at times. Versus where I'm actually physically visiting in the real world is going to give you more of an understanding of who I am as a consumer. So our technology allows us to reach people, consumers in the world based on their physical location um, to drive them to take a business action, whether that's visiting a brick and mortar business or actually going online to um, purchase something or um, sign up for something or, or any of those types of actions. Um, so <clears throat> that's the premise of what we do. And then I can tell you a little bit about how that's done if you want to know that now or we can talk about that. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, I see most of the people or most of the brands who want to uh, advertise their brand, they don't know anything about geo or, or targeting or uh, they can uh, target audience based on the location and all, right? What they don't know is like the basic level, like uh, they go to Instagram, sorry, uh, Facebook or Google, just select the location and do the branding or advertisements or create the awareness. So yours is completely, completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It is different. It's a different piece of the marketing pie. Um, so social is very important, obviously. Uh, search or Google being all of that is very important as well for a number of different industries. What makes <clears throat> us different is everyone has a cell phone. Most most people have cell phones, right? So how our technology works is we partner or our company partners with over 100,000 different apps. So those are going to be outside or different from your Facebooks and your Instagrams, right? We know those as walled gardens, uh, meaning that in order to buy their inventory, ultimately, you have to go directly to a Facebook or go directly to Instagram to advertise, right? So what we do is we partner with um, all the other apps that you or a consumer are going to have on their phone. So think of like words with friends, um, 
that's like a gaming app or my fitness pal or um, a news app, all of those that you're going to have on your phone. So when a consumer or a person shares their location, we're able through those partnering apps to be able to understand where they're actually located and with very high precision because of GPS information, right? So Wi-Fi, lat long, GPS, all of these coordinates or all of these ways indicators to understand location are then passed back to my company. So that's kind of like the first point of it is like being really uh, being really sure and certain of that a consumer is located where the phone actually is saying that they are. So, for example, we don't know that it's Mary Claire Hitson. We know that it's device ID six, two, four, nine, whatever. Right. So because of that information and any information that I personally may choose to share with an app. Um, so I may say to uh, a fitness app, my goal is to lose 10 pounds. I'm a female. I live in Atlanta and um, I'm 34 years old, right? So I'm sharing that willingly with the app. That information, demographic information is also passed back. So that also gives us an indicator of who this person is, right? So we know now that my device ID registers as female, is a certain age, and this is where I'm located. Once we understand that piece of the pie, we then have to understand contextually where I'm physically located. And that's where my company's proprietary technology called Blueprints comes into play. So the best way to think about a blueprint is a very surgically precise outline of a business or a point of interest. So a deli, a market, um, a grocery store, a stadium, whatever it may be, our team has already blueprint or mapped those physical locations so whenever a phone or a device ID walks into the threshold of that business, we're able to understand, okay, now I know that this device is actually at a Walmart or uh, a Shell gas station or whatever. And because we understand those patterns and have those things mapped out, that's gonna tell us a lot about that consumer. So if I'm shopping at Walmart or a big box retailer two, three, four times out of the month, I'm now looped into an audience or categorized into an audience as a big box shopper. So now companies like Walmart or their competitors like Costco um, or Target have the ability to reach me because they know I'm physically visiting these locations. So again, it's not based on what I'm searching for, which might be aspirational like yachts and European vacations, which I would love to do. Um, but they're knowing now that I'm actually a very thrifty or budget uh, budget oriented shopper. Does that make sense? Yes, it yes. absolutely does. Awesome, awesome. That, that was a deep introduction towards GT uh, MC. There also, uh, Kushal, you know, if you, if you want to more, uh, crisp pay, you know, if I have to tell you GT is something, I mean, ground truth is something which turns, you know, real world behavior into you know, the, the business results. Okay. So the real business results that you wish to. Yeah. So, and, and we are the close competitors, you know, for, uh, Facebook and you know the accuracy what we are maintaining for the number of visits as she mentioned blueprint you know is way much more you know giving higher results than meta as well as you know google so that accuracy you know was maintained by gt sorry to cut you off kushi you know so uh, all yours manoj you and uh, you know in the conversation may also brought up, brought up this uh, thing so understanding from the real world behavior is something that you know ground uh, you know especially emphasizes on 
and can you give us you know a little bit uh, more detail about you know how this process is done and like how is ex is extracting is done that information uh, and everything understanding basically from the real world how, like can you define that for our audience yeah so <clears throat> ultimately the blueprints and i think i understand the question um the blueprints themselves are how we understand physical location right so we understand who's in those parameters and it's also how we can target um or reach consumers on their mobile device ids or um we're omni-channel so as a note I'm, I'm telling you a little bit about how it's done because of the mobile phone being the key indicator the key factor of how we create audiences and how we're able to reach people in the real world in real time so if i'm at a walmart and i'm on my phone and a brand or business wants to reach me because i'm currently at that location that's the they're a, they're able to do that through our technology but the other thing is that um we're able to reach that same consumer after they leave across other multiple channels being omni-channel meaning we can reach that consumer now on their desktop or their connected tv or any of the other ott over the top devices like a laptop or any smaller screen so that's done again through our blueprint technology which is how we create audiences and how we reach people in real time the blueprints and minaj was talking about this turning um uh, real world behaviors and actions into business results. It's also the, the the biggest difference between us and maybe Facebook or social is that we're able to measure physical visits as a measure of attribution, right? So we're able to say, we know that advice ID was served an ad while they were at home or um, on their phone or on their desktop or on whatever. And then they actually post ad exposure, visited a brick and mortar or a business. So we're able to say they've seen the ad, they went into the store, which is basically the holy grail for any more brick and mortar or business that wants to drive someone into their store. Um, and again, all of that's done through the, the mapping technology, the blueprints, which is again, our proprietary technology, um, which again, enables us to create audiences, um, target in real time, and then also measure uh, physical visitation. So I'm not sure, is, did that answer your question? Yes, yes. Uh, so in a way, uh, you design uh, these campaigns for the brands, right? If I'm getting it right. So apart from all the technicalities, this is sort of pure, pure curiosity. So yes, uh, what I'm thinking is, uh, there is a lot of creativity involved in all design and everything, right? And when such creativity aspects are involved in such large scale, how do you manage it as a company? In terms of building campaigns for clients or? Yeah, in terms of, yeah, maybe in terms of building campaign or also creating, uh, you know, uh, a story for a brand in that case, or, you know, maybe making an advertisement. Gotcha. So from, there's two, there's two worlds here, right? There's the marketing foreground truth, and then there's how we, um, assist businesses and being creative to reach their end consumers. So there's marketing for our company and then helping others market for their own, right? So we have an incredible marketing team. Um, and actually I just went to an offsite in New York um, and I was able to spend some time with our CMO and um, his amazing team who I work really closely with because our um, I work on the self side serve of the business. We have different 
facets of our company. We have a managed services team that's incredible. We have um, our self-serve team where small to mid-sized businesses can actually log into our technology and run their own campaigns with our assistants. We have a reseller team that works with huge channel partners. Um, so, And then we have Weatherbug, which is our owned and operated app. Um, and to your you, you asked a little bit about how we understand data, and that's that's one of the ways that we are able to obtain data is through those app partnerships like Weatherbug. Um, altogether, the the marketing team really helped us kind of understand a little bit about how they market Ground Truth. And there's brand marketing and there's performance marketing. Yeah, yeah. Can you uh, get into both in the brand marketing and the performance marketing, if you could give us a little bit insight there? Yeah, sure. So brand marketing, that's really more, um, think about big, big brands, right? Like Nike, global brands, Nike, um, I'm like uh, Adidas, I don't know, sports brands. I'm thinking that way. Um, but these are big brands that they don't necessarily need to, um, they do and they don't. They don't necessarily need to go through the minutia of understanding performance metrics because their brand really does it for them. Everyone knows it's a household name. So now it's really just tag tapping into like the loyalist or how they're going to get that brand in front of the right influential marketer or, or whatever. So the brand marketing team is really more focused on the awareness of that brand um, versus a performance marketer, which is what a lot of um, maybe smaller and mid-sized businesses are, are focused on, which is the performance metrics, clicks, CTR, visits, right? Really getting into the weeds of how um, marketing is working for that brand. Now, my understanding, what I learned is that a good marketer does both, right? They understand the brand aspect of pushing that brand out into the right markets, into the right audiences. And then the performance marketer, part of them is also really trying to tie it back to those metrics, to those KPIs. Um, so our team at Ground Truth really is doing both. They're doing the air coverage for helping um, the right businesses that need location-based marketing know that Ground Truth is the leading location-based marketing tech company to work with. And so the, the brand name already is there when a sales team comes to the door and is like, hey, you want to talk about Ground Truth? They're like, oh, yes. I know, I know Ground Truth. I've seen it here, 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 and here, right? So that's the brand marketing aspect of it. And then on the on the flip side, the performance marketing um, is going to the trade shows, is going and running, you know, drink our own, drinking our own Kool Aid, if if you will, where we're we're doing geofencing around the right trade shows like Digiday and Adweek. Um, and the NADA trade shows and all of this to understand, are we reaching that right audience? And are they actually then converting on our website to learn more and, and ask for a, a, you know, a follow-up or a, um, a demo of our platform or what have you. So our marketing team is charged with both of those. And um, that's how we do it from the GT side of things. That's very long-winded answer. Is that, is that helpful? Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Kushal, Manoj? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have anything to add, but still, how can you uh, uh, measure the success of, of the, these campaigns, this location, I mean, uh, uh, this location-based marketing campaigns success? How can you measure that? Yeah, so it's going to be different for every client, right? And as... Um, as we all know, everyone has their own KPIs or their own key performance indicators that 
they're going to measure success by. So a good seller or a good consultant, if that's what we consider ourselves partner, um, is going to really lean in and understand what that business considers to be success, right? So for example, a business without uh, a brick and mortar, without a storefront that's trying to drive someone into their store, maybe it's a professional service like um, a dentist or a roofer or something of that nature where they don't have that ability to understand, well, I served a consumer and then they visited my storefront, right? <clears throat> So for those types of businesses, it's lead generation or awareness play. And that's where that's where proximity marketing or location-based marketing really helps is honing in on that right specific territory or that right specific audience to at least get that message in front of them. So it's it's really touching the top of the sales funnel for brand awareness. And that's what um we, my job, my team's job is really helping that end client or our partners understand is like, this is very top level for you guys. This is reaching that right consumer to get them to your website or get them to your Facebook page or whatever. But it's up to you um, and your marketing team or you small business owner to then drive them further down the funnel. Our job is really to get them there. So we have to be realistic and um, set those realistic expectations with clients to let them know with proximity marketing, it's helping you drive leads, but we're not necessarily here to convert them. We're here to get them to you. And that's half the battle at times. It's just a lot of people do the whole spray and pray, meaning like just, I'm gonna reach anyone and everyone. And sometimes that works depending on who you are and what your product is, but oftentimes you really need to hone in and you really need to be specific and put your money where your market is. And so that's what, that's what we do. So in terms of measuring success, it's, did we reach that right, <clears throat> excuse me, did we reach that right audience? Um, and one thing that we're able to show our, our partners on our platform is the type of consumer that they're actually reaching. And again, that's based on the physical location. So it's very insightful to help them see who's clicking on their ad, who's driving to their website. And that tells a different story than maybe what they thought their end consumer was. So there's a lot of data that they're able to understand and gather and then take that data or that subset of consumer that they didn't realize were actually engaging with them and then take that and apply it to other channels, right? Take that to Google, take that new keyword to Google, take that uh, social audience um, into consideration and then really start honing in on um, who they're trying to reach. And that's how we're able to then build that marketing mix or be a part of that marketing puzzle. So um, um, MC, is, is it like, I, I mean, uh dislocation based marketing uh, is it limited to any particular business uh, category or is it for i mean anyone who's having a small business or big business or industry or uh, how is it uh, yeah great question so the best use case for location-based marketing when it comes to ground truth specifically because we're in the business of driving results through visitation and understanding that as a key success metric so um any business with a brick and mortar be it a small mom and pop ice cream shop right that has one location um or a franchisee that has thousands of locations 
we're we're there to drive physical visits for them. And once that can say, so the hardest part is getting someone to go through your door, especially with all of the noise and, and uh, competition out there. So if we can get the right consumer into the door, um, that's half the battle for the brick and mortar. And then they're able to convert them, especially if it's restaurant, right? So QSRs, which are quick service restaurants, we know them as the McDonald's, the Wendy's, the Taco Bells of the world. Um, they're, that's our bread and butter. We do wonderful things with with tons of businesses um, in the QSR space within um, any of the dining, right? That's that's easy. That's like, that's our bread and butter. Um, retail is also a great um, category or great vertical that leverages us as well as CPG, CPG, so consumer product goods. So that would be like your toilet paper, your um, toothpaste, things of that nature that are sold at these big, big box stores. Um, work with a ton of CPG products. Um, and we have, we actually have a dedicated CPG team because of how well um, we're able to move product for them. Um, automotive is another big, big, big one, right? There's a lot of competition in automotive and we have a ton of data that we're able to leverage, not from just our first party, but also we can partner with third parties. Um, so like Polk Automotive has a just plethora of information and wealth of knowledge when it comes to consumers based on um, their past purchase behaviors or DMV information, which is um, our like Department of Motor Vehicles um, information where everyone in the United States has to like register their vehicles, right? Um, so all of that information is at the fingertips of any of our clients that want to reach a consumer based on whether they physically visit somewhere through our first party or through uh, third-party data, they're able to layer on top of campaigns to reach that end user. Um, but to that point, honestly, anyone that has an audience, which is any brand, any business, can leverage us um, to reach that end, end consumer, again, based on where they're physically located. So we have ones that work really, really well that are just like no-brainers because of the physical aspect of their businesses. Um, but then we mentioned earlier those that don't like professional services or financial or education, like colleges and universities, it, we've seen it all. And um, it's, again, about setting realistic expectations with your partner to help them understand why it's an important aspect. To okay. I think uh, it's, uh, I mean, in the advertisement industry, it's a game changing, I think. And uh, most of the people are brands. I don't think they know about this uh, industry, I mean, especially in India. Uh, uh, what, what say, Manoj? Definitely. I totally agree with you. You know, even in India, we are based out of Gurgaon, but very... Uh, less people you know know about our technology and this is one of the most amazing technology that we have in in the market such a big market called us so as as mc mentioned you know we we are connecting the dots that means we are connecting the location of each and every individual in us so a person you know who is going from uh, starts from coffee coffee shop uh, co coffee shop to you know to touching the walmart you know or even his business locations you know if he's going to gym or if he's uh, if he's going to shop something. So we are connecting the line in each and every business locations, wherever he's trying to go. And we are giving them and introducing them. Let's say, you know, a person is going to Domino's, you know, who is who is maybe a five miles away or, or 2.5 miles away, you know. So we are actually targeting them, saying that, you know, you have 50% discount, you know, if you go to Domino's and you have a best deal offer, you know, right away. So 
that is one of the most fantastic things you know uh, the advertising industry is moving towards and of course you know we have had a lot of competitors in this domain you know who have not reached to this level yet you know so ground truth is hitting on top and and it's definitely you know uh, will be the next level and it is our core responsibility now you know to take uh, this to the next level and introduce you know to the regions uh, like india or even you know to the apac region around you know so we have entered uh, mina market as well you know mc you know to be very honest with you uh, tops and uh, uh, and our team abhishek and everyone you know we had uh, entered uh, mina market and we we got introduced to different clients over there so uh, i mean i hope you know so this continues and leverages the business of ground truth and as well as you know in, in different markets like thailand malaysia and even in india as well i mean i was just curious like what is restrict, uh, restricting us to i mean is there, is there any location restrictions uh, to launch this technology or because uh, if i have to run a campaign in google or insta uh, sorry facebook or instagram we can instantly do that but this technology is very different and i, I think uh, this is very potential uh, what is stopping uh, what do you think uh, uh, it's stopping this uh, the only thing that i would say is a barrier or what's what's preventing um anyone in other markets um is inventory right so if we don't have the inventory in a certain country um that could be like we as in ground truth there's there's a ton of um, other competitors in this space that may have like inventory in certain countries that we may not, right? And that's based on two things. One, it's the inventory that we have access to. And two, it's um, something you guys may be well-versed in or know about, which are the limitations and guardrails that um, companies have uh, put on sharing location and data, right? So um, iOS and Apple, right, iOS, they put out some some guardrails with sharing, right? As well as Google. Um, but in Europe in 2016 is when GDPR, which is like uh, general data protection regulations, I believe, um, I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for, came into play, right? So in 2018, we had a withdrawal from Europe, the European market, because we weren't able to actually understand location data because of this new law that came into play. Um, so if there are countries that have these types of laws, like in California, they have the um, California Consumer Protection Act, the CCPA, um, that is specific to that state in terms of how uh, they're, they're able to share data or um, basically share data. So we have to be buttoned up on how we target in that state. So those are the two barriers for why uh, ground truth may not be in a certain market based on inventory and based on any laws that exist that we want to make sure that we are um, buttoned up and that we're um, protecting that end consumer ultimately. Um, so that would be the answer to why you may or may not see ground truth in a certain area. But that's not to say that proximity marketing doesn't exist in that area. It just may not be um, ground truths in that particular region. But I'm very sure in the upcoming years, you know, these challenges will be removed and, you know, ground truth will be moving ahead 
towards the other regions as well. Absolutely. There's there's no reason why not, right? We know that there's a need. It's the education piece that comes into it, which is what you guys are doing right now is you're educating your market on why this is important. I think that's part of the problem or that's part of the, not problem, that's part of the solution in terms of getting companies to to really buy into your market is one, because there's a need and there's an understanding that there's a need and that it exists, right? So then having the right people, like the ones on this, the podcast to really move the needle to try and get um, companies like Ground Truth uh, to to learn and get that inventory in your space and ensure that there's no issue with with laws that may exist. Guys, I'm telling you, I've done three years of uh, business administration and marketing course. I have not learned something like this in three years. What I've learned in just like 30 minutes right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. It's knowledge sharing. So much things to learn. Like, uh, you know, for me, this is all something is very new and uh, this such technology is there. There is yes, no such idea yes. for people. Trust me, I'm in this market from last 11 years, but this location-based uh, thing, uh, I, I mean, I'm hearing this from last one or two years. Yes. Uh, yeah, this, this is interesting. This is potential. This is yes. the future uh, is what I think. You know, you have witnessed all kinds of changes happening in this industry and, you know, you've witnessed the growth very closely, right? Considering this ex- uh, you know, experience, where do you think the future of this industry is headed? You know, also like, uh, how is ground truth preparing for this? What is the next big thing that we can expect in this industry? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. We've kind of touched on it a little bit with um, how we're able to obtain data in a safe way. Will AI come in picture in future? Yeah, I, I think that it's maybe not sexy and it's a little bit more um, behind the wheels or behind the scenes, behind the curtain of how that's being done. That's the future. So it's not necessarily a lot of changes in terms of the channel, right? Like, again, we're on multiple channels. We're on, we can reach you on your TV. We can reach you again on your desktop. We can reach you on your your phone. Um, so it's not necessarily maybe the method or the, the channel that's going to change. It's how we understand your data um, and doing that again in a safe and respectful way. And our team... We have brilliant minds, as uh, as you probably are aware, that that do and have created this technology and created innovative ways to understand and, and gain that that data. So instead of, and I'll be honest, like I know very little of how it works, but I'll tell you what I know, and hopefully not botch it, and my CTO not get on here, see this, and be like, "Wow, you really made that. That was good." Um, but ultimately, it's not going to rely so much on the inventory partners um, or the DSPs where we're obtaining location data. We're going to be able to understand that data from the from the phone directly, um, and it's and it's called on device. So ultimately, all of the information that we're obtaining is going to live within the within the phone itself versus relying on third-party partners to get that information. So the future is that, is understanding how our system talks to the phone directly. And that's really like the most simplistic way that I can explain it because again, I don't even really fully understand how it how it completely works. Um, again, I've been out and I'm sure we've had trainings on it, but um, that's the future. That's the future itself is um creating a, a a unified i'm trying not to get too in the weeds here 
unified understanding of how companies understand data from one source versus multiple sources. Uh, many do you think that understanding and interpreting data itself is a very big thing uh, in this in these kind of industries? Data is, an, data is a currency at this point. Data being exchanged on the DSP, if it's not accurate, it's going to cost less. And if you don't have the right information to give, like, and again, in like the, um, when you think about it, when we get inventory or we get, sorry, when we get information from a publisher, if it doesn't include location, these are billions and billions of like interactions going on in the background, right? If it doesn't include location, that impression or that, you know, potential impression is going to cost way less than a, uh, than a bid that has location information. So data is key. And that's how we operate. That's how businesses should be operating is understanding what information they're able to obtain from Google, Ground Truth, Facebook. So yeah, uh, I would say a thousand percent data is, <clears throat> is key. I think adding to what MC, yeah, adding to what MC said, the future of digital marketing is itself, you know, in, in the AR and VR, you know, augmented reality and virtual reality. So having said this, you know, the data is the core part of even for those instruments or even even for those devices, right? So we can, in fact, you know, take and carry it away. And I'm very sure, you know, Ground Truth, you know, should be already planning for uh, launching, you know, wherever, you know, the ARs and, you know, all the portable products, you know, wherever they carry it, you know, they, they are being targeted there, you know. So you should, you should be... Uh, uh, you know, targeted there and you should visit that particular store. So, right, or that particular uh, space. And again, you know, uh, as in the, the trend, uh, the trend, you know, changes, you know, the digital marketing should be more adaptable towards it, you know. So if you see 2023 is more of content marketing, more of podcasts, you know, more, more of other many aspects in the marketing, right. So likewise, 2025, we are not sure what comes in, but we should be more adaptable. We should be more, uh, you know, able to be, learning yeah available you know to the change that happens in the market so i think that's one of the points or key things that i would say we never knew that ott and ctv will be uh, the core part you know when, when the pandemic came in so i'm very sure you know and i was part of gt where it included ctv and ott you know during the time of pandemic so even the way it was ahead you know it, it was not at all in the plan in the 2019 right so but still you know ground truth took that particular project you know uh, into this pandemic situation and they implemented it and we got a lot of inventories you know out of ctv and ott so that kind of adaptability that kind of implementation is very much important in this industry in particularly that's so well said is being is being nimble and being flexible and, and understanding the uh outside or indirect factors that are going to influence your business so for example great point we had a pandemic, we had a shift, people weren't going outside, they weren't, you know, visiting stores. So how do we, how do we then target, how do we pivot from a business that is primarily based on physical visits for brick and mortar? Okay, what has changed after COVID uh, for businesses and even for your company? What has changed after and how was it before COVID and how is it now for you guys? Yeah, that's a great segue. So to Minaj's point, we were not omni-channel or, you know, we had two channels, um, which were mobile and desktop. Um, and with the pandemic, we, we had a shift. We had to pivot to understand where the audience was consuming media. 
Um, and that was at home. That was on their TV, on their connected TV devices and, you know, on their laptops, because that's all anyone could do. Um, and so for our company specifically, it was focusing on CPG, focusing on creating pit, like new blueprints for like pickup. You know, that became a thing where you couldn't go in store, but they could bring you your items outside. So it was creating pickup lane blueprints, right? To create audiences for that, maybe going to a Walmart, for example, or a, a Kroger or some kind of grocery store to pick up their groceries. Um, so it was really shifting into understanding how people were consuming media. Um, with now that becoming the norm, right? Like people are so now connected to their connected TVs and things like that. And we're back into the real world of moving and, and grooving. Um, you know, it's, we've kind of adopted the, the postures or the channels that we, you know, grew to know and love in the pandemic. They're still a part of us and they're still kind of how we shop and how we think about, um, buying and how we think about, um, consuming. Um, so that's, what's different is we've, we pivoted, we had to make that change and, and add those channels because that was important to, uh, keeping our heads above the water. Um, and we still now continue to use them. And I think as long as people or businesses are mindful of consumers and how, and, and their audiences and how they're consuming and how they're buying, that's going to be half the battle, if that makes sense. Oh, has anything changed in India markets? If I have to ask you, Manoj and Kushal. Uh, Post-COVID, Manoj. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Post COVID, definitely, you know, we are in Tamate and doing the podcasts, you know, so. And also, what uh, you know, MC told the way that we are consuming media. I think that has definitely changed, right? True. Very true. Very true. And and when it comes to uh, in India specifically, the performance marketing has been increased over the period of time, right? So, see, what is performance marketing? So it's basically, you know, we are focusing more towards the lower funnel, right? So we are focusing more towards the purchases that takes place or the conversions that takes place. So in India, as we see, you know, there is a lot many people who are investing towards the lower side of the funnel. So they're running short campaigns, they're running, you know, uh, D-Day campaigns, you know, they're running uh, prime campaigns where they can grab as many uh, deals as possible and they, can, they have to close that particular uh, deal, right? So these are the trends that is happening currently in India. And, and uh, I'm very sure that, you know, in, in coming days, there will be a lot many brands that will come out in the industry and focus towards uh, the branding as well as, you know, uh, the conversion piece. So performance marketing is the key uh, key market as of now, you know, where the India market is trying to support uh, the APAC region and other uh, parts of the uh, world. So we are currently focusing towards that. It's uh, actually, it's really good that you bought up conversion funnel today. Can you explain us, like, you know, we we have seen, you know, the few conversion funnels that we have studied about it, but on ground, practically, how do you design a very good conversion funnel? You know, there can be, because consumers these days are, they're very, you know, distracted by many other things in the market. How do you design an effective conversion funnel? Where does that thing come from? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say repetition and frequency for um, reaching that right consumer. So... One is understanding who you're trying to reach, getting the message in front of them on multiple channels, right? Because that's going to help with your frequency and that's also going to help with your reach. And once you can do that, and it's a lot about test and learning. I think a lot of marketers will tell you that 
they'll try a channel. And if a, a good market marketer, excuse me, will try a channel and if it doesn't work, they don't, they don't withdraw or they don't, you know, um, say, okay, well, that's not for me. They'll do test and learn, right? They'll understand, okay, what worked, what didn't and why not? Um, so they'll really dive deeper. So it's really the test and learn aspect of a new channel specifically, especially something like location-based marketing and, and really working with your partner. Um, so like someone like myself or my team uh, to to rely on their expertise and say, okay, well, this is what we were thinking we wanted to do. And for example, a lot of companies, especially, especially small businesses will be really honed in on competitive and wanting to reach a competitor. And that being like, that's all I want. I just want to put messaging around my competitors and then drive conversions because we know if we can get a competitor, that's, you know, whatever, that's the Holy grail for us. But ultimately that may not be the best idea or that might not be the best way to leverage our technology. And you're missing the point. You're missing other consumers that are still going to drive new business and revenue for you. So it's one, it's repetition, frequency, reach, um, creating that on an omni-channel approach to then drive in on that right consumer to, you know, as every marketer would say, hopefully get that conversion to happen. And with ours, with that visitation, it's much easier on the back end for us to measure. Did we reach them? And did they visit? Boom. Conversion. So uh, answering. Yeah. yeah. Did I answer it? <laughs> did I answer the question? <laughs> have to make sales and marketing meet at one point. You know, they both have to be aligned if I'm getting this right, Manoj and uh, MC. Correct. I, I, I agree with you. So there are two things, you know, when you when you talk about conversions, you know. So what is your main KPI? So whether is it just to create the uh, clicks or whether it's so having a click itself is a conversion. Okay. So what is that action that you want to define itself is a conversion. So if you want to visits and that's a conversion, if you want sales and that's a conversion. So so in digital marketing specifically, you know, conversion has different branches in it okay so if i have to talk more granular level of uh, understanding of the conversions so let's say let's consider you know uh, e-commerce business okay so you, you get into amazon uh, website you know you do something you know you add to cart something okay and but unfortunately you know you will just close the tabs and you will uh, sh shut down the pc but immediately you will get an email saying that you know you have 50 percent off or even immediately you will get a notification saying that you have 20 percent off on this particular product right so what is happening there what is happening there so what is happening is that you know you are remarketed you know because you did the add to cart so remarketing plays a very important role over here so when you when someone does remarketing you know there is a high chances of you to purchase that particular product and that acts as a conversion for you in the e-commerce domain. Okay, likewise, you know, when it comes to ground truth, you know, so visits is a, a main key a product of the conversion, you know, uh, in this particular uh, platform, right? So where uh, Meta, you know, doesn't give visits, okay, where, whereas Google doesn't give visits. But when it comes to ground truth, you know, it does give visits, you know, how 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 does it give, you know? It's because, you know, it is tracking you and me, you know, in the real world. So that is the core uh, KPI, you know, I would call it as, uh, you know, we can put it as a conversion. So you have to define what is your conversion, whether to get leads or whether to get visits or whether to uh, remarket the people or to have more conversion, uh, more sales or more purchases or more add to cards, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, there is... Uh, marketing, there is conversion funnel, uh, there is all the data and analytics. As a new business now, I want 
to build a brand also along with this right like you know i'm going to do the marketing i'm going to design a conversion funnel i'm going to get uh, leads i'm going to generate leads and everything is do- uh, being done how can we also ensure that a brand is being built you know along this journey that's a great question and you guys are are likely are you are the expertise when it comes to branding versus someone like myself who works with partners to understand their individual needs for the brand um if i had to take a stab at it i would say that establishing the need what is the need in the market that you're trying to meet right um and how are how is it different is it price is it an emotional reach is it you know what is it that is a niche of your brand like why is your brand different and i would say that as soon as you as a small business or as a as a person that's trying to create a brand as soon as you can answer that question it becomes a lot more clear on how you go to market um so that would be that's that's my that's my guess say uh, me as a brand i come to you guys right you guys are the experts like let's say i come to you do you uh, do should i already have this need developed you know within the system of my business or will you guys help me do this in the way or you know along the way while doing this like uh, should i have it prepared or is it something we explore it along the journey you know okay oh, you know what this one feature can also you know be used as a marketing strategy or let's say this is something unique selling point which we can so how does this process work how do you develop a need that's for you manaj <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> was it uh, yes yes uh, please manaj yeah how do you like basically if i have to summarize all this like we have to develop a need but along with all this how do we i i have a question to you yes you have a question to me what made you sit here in the tomato creative studio so let's say uh, yeah that's a very good question <laughs> first thing i told in 3 years of degree i <laughs> what i've learned in just like the uh, 15 minutes right now i'm sitting here so my curiosity is just you know going growing 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 as we you know uh, go along the conversation and getting to know about the insights of the industry and how it works is coming from a general audience or even coming from general public you know not knowing much about the industry the curiosity is you know genuinely there so i can say that's the need why i'm here now like also in a way to learn how the market works that that's a very valid point yes yes uh, dikshit you know adding to your uh, point you know first uh, and foremost thing is to identify the problem you know out of curiosity you came in here but you, you all you need to understand is that along with curiosity you have also found out you know what is the uh, you know problem statement over there right so uh, whenever you get into whenever you yeah whenever you get into a mall or whenever you get into a shop or retailers you know what happens if you are not getting the what what you need or what what is needed for you okay so or if you go to a cvs store you know which is pretty famous in us right so and you are asking for uh, prescribed medicines you know what if you are not getting that so that that creates a need you know for yourself and for each and every person or individual so likewise you know uh, specifically to talk about gt you know that need of visits was very much needed you know to create more transparency in the marketers right so one particular visit you know his is getting lot and lot of people inside the market so what is that the uniqueness that you are trying to give okay and uh, along with that it is not just the uniqueness as well as the problem solutions as mc said earlier you know so you have to be more solution based 
right so you have identified the problem you are curious but you are also giving the solution but giving only solutions you know will not uh, suffice the relations over there you know you have to give a right deals you know right offers what if i ask you you know as a as a uh, gym hitting person you know if i ask you you know we have a deal you know per year uh, membership of our 8k okay so will you be interested in joining no yeah, obviously i would be <laughs> maybe you will you will have a thought right you will have a thought process you know whether 8k is worth is it worth really you know, yeah that that thought or? we will have to come uh, across that thought obviously exactly or if i if i come and tell you see along with 8k you are giving you know a diet sheet for you you know a dietitian will contact you for a month you know you can have a free visits yes along with all these deals if i try to give you as in many offers more than you know two offers you know if i give you definitely you know there is 90% that you will have a conversion as well as you know that need will be created within yourself you know yes i have to be physically fit and i have to eat the good food you know the proteins based food so that's what you know the creation of needs we make for you you know so as a marketeers as a digital marketeers and that's what it- yes so along the conversion funnel you go on increasing you know uh, the creation of value you know uh, exactly exactly yes <laughs> thank you definitely you know so as a customer you know if i if i think you know you as a customer i think uh, in both you know a business perspective as well as a value creation so high value and high price proportion so that makes a very key uh, you know conversion for uh, you you know making you as a converted customer for me so again you know i'll not think about you just as a customer but as a long term customer so what is your problems you know what are your things you know i'll try to understand. yes 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 that's that's really great uh, you know good way to put it uh, in the most gen- can all understand and also our audiences can understand so few people wants to start with digital marketing and a uh, few people wants to incorporate uh, something like uh, location based uh, uh, marketing to their brand or something like that share some advices for them how they can get started uh, for industries who wants to implement this kind of uh, technology and for someone who wants to start his journey uh, in digital marketing yeah Research, first and foremost, um, is understanding the terminology of digital marketing. Um, so that's this, that's a quick Google search, right? Like what is digital? What are the, what's the currency in terms of understanding um, how it's bought, how it's viewed? Um, so you're going to see terminology and especially if you're talking to digital marketers who are assisting you, they're going to be talking jargon like impressions and clicks and CTR, which is click through rate. So many times is someone seeing your ad and then actually clicking. So understanding the terminology is probably the first step because it is its own language. Um, Views, again, like all of this, and if you have a basic understanding of digital marketing, that's gonna go a long way. So research on and understanding and learning um, what digital marketing 101 is in the most simplistic layman's terms. Um, I think that's first and foremost, because then when you have a conversation with a digital marketing team or expert or someone in a niche field like location-based marketing, they're going to ask you questions um, and you can feel like you're showing up at the table and able to have that conversation and understand what they're asking you. Um, so you both can be speaking 
the same language, if you will, and are on the same table. And a good digital marketing expert will know how to speak to a small to biz- small to mid-sized business owner to understand them and not make it too technical, right? Um, so I would say first and foremost, it's the research and the education piece um, of learning what digital marketing is and how it can work for your business. Uh, two is bringing, um, you know, understanding and being able to listen to your digital marketing expert or to your team when they're telling you, hey, I understand this is what you want to do, but here's why that may not work. So being realistic and being open to hearing them tell you that I like your idea, but that might not be the best way to go right now. Like we want to get to that point, um, but we have to build a little bit first. Um, so we got to walk before we run type of mentality. So really trusting the process, trusting that they're going to have your best um, your best in mind in terms of building the right marketing mix that's going to work for your need, meeting your need um, to be able to create value for your business or your brand. So ultimately, those would be the two things. And then three, being open to testing and learning, realizing that it's not always going to be um, an immediate success, right? Um, I actually have my own small business with my husband. We're testing and learning through di- direct marketing efforts, through digital marketing efforts. And it's not always going to be a one size fits all. You're not going to get immediate uh, gratification. You're not going to get immediate success metrics, um, but being open to testing and learning and taking, like we've talked about, the data to make more informed decisions on how you how you're going to end up reaching your your end consumer. So those would be the best ways to start. Um, and yeah, just working, working in tandem, working and communicating as much as possible with your partners um, to to make that plan work best for you. Can you share any one of the stories, you know, like or experience, you know, in running such one of teams or, you know, collaborating with, you know, any such brands or something? Could you tell us a story like how it started, how it went? Was there were there any challenges along the way? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, so what's really unique about my position or my team at the company is we work with thousands and thousands of different businesses and different verticals and different sizes of business. So anything from your small to mid-sized businesses that are mom to pop shops that again, like have one business or, you know, they're just getting started. So they're wanting to learn. Um, And then I've worked with, you know, the largest businesses out there that are multi-billion dollar companies. I think a unique story would be um, a client that I have now that is in the CPG space. Um, And they are, they're, they're in like the um, seltzer water category, if you will, but they're, 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 for them, it's not brand recognition that they have a problem with there or anything of that nature. It's, um, it's more of the awareness that they are part of a new niche uh, for seltzer water. It's like antioxidant. Um, it's like all these kind of cool pieces. It's not just like seltzer water. And if you read a lot about seltzer, like brands, um, they don't necessarily have a lot of good stuff in them. So it's really setting themselves apart in that category and working with that brand manager and that brand team to understand like the current need of what they're trying to do with this specific product. 
And then how, you know, working with our team and working with other vendors uh, to, you know, increase sales, we're are going to get them to that national level. So um, that's been a really interesting use case that I've worked on recently that comes to mind. But honestly, I can't tell you how many people that I've worked with, political clients that I've worked with, that's about to be a, a nuts market for the U.S. here in uh, 2023 and 2024. And so just political clients are really interesting to work with because they have, you know, millions of dollars, um, but and they just want awareness. They just want to, you know, blow out the their opponents on CTV. So that's kind of an interesting use case. Honestly, I, I could go on and on and on, but I would say that the the CPG brand that I'm working with that's um, got its own unique challenges and working really closely with um, my guy, Michael and his team, like that's been a really cool experience for me personally to help watch them. Yeah. How was it in a way like, you know, maybe you have learned from it or maybe the experience has anything shaped or changed you personally? Uh, you know, along working with such, you know, you mentioned like multi-billion uh, startups and everything that you've worked with. Yeah. So my goal is not to come in and act like I know it all. I don't know what they do on a day to day. So the more questions that I can ask and the more I can humble myself and learn from them, these expertise in their field, the more I'm able to then take that information, apply it to the next uh, client or partner um, that's going to have similar challenges and struggles. Right. So um, really, for me, it's it's being a student as much as a teacher for my own field. Um, and I would say that's what I've learned is taking a step back and being observant and really honing in and listening to the challenges they face to try and brainstorm and problem solve together. It's not coming in like acting like I know it all or even acting like my product's going to solve all of their product problems because it's not. It's going to solve a problem for them, but not all. And so knowing that and again, being um, uh, humbled in terms of learning from them and what they can teach me. Yes. Also, like while, you know, uh, handling such big organizations in the position that you are, how do you manage this? You know, like, I think you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you must be handling a very large team. How do you handle the stress on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you, how, what's your, like, do you have any strategy? And set? also yeah. along with, with the family. Yeah. Along yeah. with the family, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, honestly, my team, um, I'm one piece of the puzzle. My team is incredible. Like they're all, gosh, like brilliant people um, that come in every day, work hard. So I'm, I'm just one piece. And honestly, my, my job's not to manage or this or that. My job's to serve them. How can I help them become stronger? Or sorry, speaking of being a mom, that's my kid. Um, sorry. You're okay. Uh, being a mom. That's a right question, but, and we got the right answer. <laughs> that's a good timing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, being a mom's, you know, I think one of the most important things you can do in a job is know when to shut it down, know when to shut off and go be with your family. Um, as I'm sure you guys are aware, like it's a nine to five. I'm not curing world hunger, I'm not doing brain surgery, I'm just selling media. So, like, Knowing that it's it's going to be okay, it can wait till tomorrow, and really um, stopping at a certain point, shutting it down, putting family first, 
Um, so compartmentalizing and knowing um, that tomorrow's, well, I can, I, it can wait till tomorrow type of thing. There are many women uh, who want, who aspire to be in the position that you are today, right? They dream to have such, uh, you know, success or what you've had. And they're somewhere like if if something is holding it, holding them back or if they want to achieve, what would you like to suggest them, you know, or what would their mindset should be towards such things? Mentorship, having people that they can go to and learn from, period. Like I wouldn't be where I'm at without having the mentors in my life um, and having, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, so it's prayer for me. It's, it's a lot of humbling and, and you know, yeah, I know you don't want to bring religion into a lot of things, but that's, that's my success. That's how I'm successful period this is my, you know, is, is my, my relationship with God. So I would say, um, but if you're looking at it from a practical point of view in terms of like, how can I actually do it? It's mentorship, um, finding someone you trust that you can learn from. And, um, that's, that's it. Period. I think uh, MC has to go now. Yes, I think you really have to go. Sorry, <laughs> right, I gotta feed my kids. Speaking of, but um, you guys have been so wonderful to to talk to and understand kind of some of the challenges and um, some of the things that you're wanting to bring into the market. And I'm tickled and delighted that I get to be a little bit a part of the conversation and um, help in any way that I can. Thank you. Thank you so much. MC, I'm so glad, you know, with the same energetic voice and the same motivation, you know, having you in our podcast was an amazing. So looking forward to have you more and more on this. And uh, yes, let me not take much of your time. You are so welcome. And thank you guys. And I hope that everyone has a blessed and safe day. You too. Have a good rest of the day. Take care, guys. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Marketeers podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and review. This helps us reach more listeners and bring you more great content. And don't forget to follow us on social media for even more insights and updates. Until next time, this has been the Marketeers podcast.